Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. This week, we're doing a special episode on the career of, I don't know, maybe one of the great movie stars of, of all time. Uh, an episode on Mr. Denzel Washington. Because this week, if you are an HBO Max subscriber or, you know, you're brave enough to try and venture into a movie theater um you can watch the little things which is a new serial killer detective thriller starring denzel washington rami malek and jared leto to help me break down the career of denzel washington and uh give some thoughts on the little things itself i have with me old podcasting partner mark morosis mark welcome. hello welcome hello Thank you for having me on. So I think we should first have a a kind of a large discussion about Mr. Denzel Washington. Um, I don't know if you read a a couple months ago, A.O. Scott and Manola Dargis, the film critics at the New York Times, did kind of this big piece on the 25 best actors of the 21st century. And Denzel Washington was their number one pick. And I remember kind of getting to that spot on the list. And before I even read their blurb, it I, I kind of was just like, oh, of course. Like, duh. How could I be so stupid as to think it would be anyone else? And I think that's because, and they kind of like described this a bit in the, the, the bit they wrote on him. I kind of can't think of another actor who is as consistently good, regardless of the quality of the movie around him. Like, Denzel Washington has been in some amazing movies, some of the greatest films of the last like 30 years. Um, He's also been in some really bad movies, but I kind of can't think of a single time where I'm just sort of like, wow, he was terrible in that or where he is not at least like putting the movie on his shoulders and at least making like, like no one makes disposable crap watchable like Denzel Washington. So I'm curious kind of like, what are your feelings about Washington and kind of like is is he a kind of signature movie star for your life at this point oh without a doubt I mean I think he's made a movie at least like once every year or something like that just about like way like double the amount of time I've like been alive so and he's just he crushes every movie like so I know we're not ready to get into little things but in the little things like you know, it might lag at some points, but I just can't look away because Denzel is just so captivating. Like, you notice the little things he does. Like, the way he smiles in movies is, like, always slightly different, but it's, like, it's just saying a lot. Yeah, he, he kind of... I I think it might be helpful for us to kind of break down kind of what makes Denzel a signature star. Cause I think we are at a point in time where like the idea of the movie star is kind of a dying thing. Um, you know, talked a lot about on this podcast series about how like really IP brands are sort of like what people, what drive people to the movies. But Denzel Washington remains kind of like one of those very few precious marquee movie stars where if he's in something, it's, it's kind of a big deal. Um, but I think we can kind of break, down the Denzel phenomenon into kind of three different categories. Um, yeah. Cause I, I think to some extent, like Denzel is always Denzel in a movie. You know what I mean? Like you mentioned his 
smile and his charisma and that kind of never really changes from movie to movie but i think there are three different kind of flavors of denzel we can get um the first flavor i would say is kind of your traditional kind of marquee leading man movie star where he's he's just he's cool he's in charge he he can kind of just like stand in a room and just sort of like his presence and his magnetism just draws you to the screen. Um, you know, th- this is the kind of Denzel that I feel like we see in movies like Crimson Tide or Remember the Titans or Philadelphia or even Inside Man. Um, you know, j- just he he is kind of like he has that Gregory Peck or that Robert Redford thing of like, he can be doing nothing, but you're just sort of like glued onto the screen. Another great example of this is uh, my girlfriend and I watched The Pelican Brief recently. <laughs> Have you ever seen this? Uh, I've seen parts of it. Yeah, like it, for those who haven't seen it, it's like a conspiracy theory thriller based off a John Grisham book from like the the mid 90s. And it's him and Julia Roberts. And it's, it's just like... he's not really like doing a lot like he's kind of behind desks and like shuffling through papers and stuff but it's just like the most riveting thing you've ever seen and that's not like a great movie but an example of like a pretty solid thriller that's just like immensely watchable because of sort of the, the 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 power of him and roberts being able to just hold the screen um second denzel type I would call kind of prestige Denzel, you know, the moments when you're realize that this isn't just one of the great movie stars who's ever lived, but maybe one of the great actors period, these movies where, you know, they, they, they have a kind of sheen of importance around them. movies like Malcolm X or fences or glory, which he won his first Oscar for, or, even something like Flight, I would kind of argue. Um, I rewatched that movie recently, and it's it's probably like a mediocre at best addiction drama, but he is like out of this world incredible in it. Um, and these are movies that really, I think, give him kind of these big, meaty, dramatic roles to kind of sink his teeth into and just like explode off screen. And when you're watching, you're just like, that's that it, that is one of the greatest actors who have who's ever lived like is is up there with like a brando or a Lawrence olivier and giving them a run for his money and then the third flavor of denzel for me is kind of dangerous denzel or cd denzel Ooh, you know I love me some cd denzel right i mean it, he's not just someone that who can be this kind of like classical leading man or this great thunderous actor but Den- denzel's kind of can be an action hero and you know there is this mode of him where he's either the most dangerous person in the room or he's playing an outright villainous character or is just kind of in like a trashy crime or like action movie but his charisma and his energy is is just kind of enough to kind of like carry you through the movie and this is the kind of Denzel that you know I think we see in Training Day which won him his second Oscar or American Gangster, or Man on Fire, or those like Equalizer movies. Um, out of those three, do you have kind of like a favorite mode of Denzel that you enjoy watching? So, I probably all I love all of them. I love all of them. 
I feel like Training Day touches on all three of those flavors you just talked about. Yeah. And like Flight, I feel like can also go into a bunch of them because the Flight really is just a lot of him in that movie. Just walking around waiting for his trial. Like, that's what that movie is. I mean, there's a one plane scene, but you know. The the plane scene's incredible. I just have to oh, say, it, 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 it was so it was so weird. Like rewatching that uh, a, a couple months ago and being like, I, I I remembered like really liking it when it was in theaters, and then seeing it again, I was like, I don't know, this movie's kind of bad, but it's like really really watchable because he is delivering like one of the best performances of his career in that movie. Um. I don't know. It is. Is there like so? Would you say Training Day is probably like your apex Denzel performance? What are What are some other kind of favorites just off the top of your head? Uh, he got game. He's great in. Remember the Titans oh, is just like a childhood yeah. memory for almost everybody. Yeah, I would definitely say he got game is one that I forgot to mention that I I think is in conversation for his his best performance um pretty like underrated spike lee movie i think i i feel like that like that should be in the conversation is like one of the great you're a bigger basketball fan than i am yeah. but like i feel like that kind of has a reputation as like it should be like the be- greatest basketball movie ever made but like it's definitely it's, like top three yeah and and it's not like a perfect movie like kind of with a lot of spike lee movies it's um it's maybe like one or two subplots too many uh, and there's parts of it that don't quite work, but like he he is unbelievable in that movie. Um, important to note, I think a few kind of key figures that Denzel works a lot with um, Spike Lee, which we mentioned, he's done four Spike Lee movies. All four, I, I think, are are absolutely worth seeing. Malcolm X is the one that is kind of like the crowning achievement. Like him is Mike Malcolm X. That's like one of the greatest performances ever put to celluloid. Um, and I, I know I'm a big Inside Man fan. That's probably my quintessential like favorite movie star Denzel movie. Um, and I don't so, know if you've ever seen Mo Better Blues, but like that's that's a pretty fun movie as well with Denzel just as like uh, an ambitious um, trumpet player jazz musician um who's just like hopping in the bed with a bunch of women and is just like that that's maybe like the sexiest he's ever been in a movie um and uh, you know two other notable filmmakers he works a lot with antoine fuqua who made training day and did the the equalizer movies magnificent seven come on yeah don't forget the great (laughs) i've actually never seen the magnificent seven remake that he was in is that good no it is not okay but it's Denzel, so it's good. So, and I mean, Tony Scott is kind of the the filmmaker he has worked the most with. He worked five times with the late Tony Scott, and that I think is really like peak action movie Denzel. Um, that's you know, Crimson Tide, which I think is an absolute masterpiece. Um, Taking a Palom One Two Three, uh, mm. Unstoppable um man on fire which is definitely like up there with uh training day is like the signature sort of like dangerous or dirtbag denzel performance like oh it it it's been a while since i've seen it but like when was the last time you saw man on fire <laughs> last time i saw man on fire was at least probably like three years ago at least like, when i had that... cable because when I, we had cable denzel was on once a day on tnt it was <laughs> yes. always a different movie 
I probably haven't seen Man on Fire. In, like, that's a movie I think I'm kind of mixed on. Like, when it's just being, like, a really nasty action movie, it's it's pretty fun. And I think when it's trying to be this, like, serious drama, it's kind of pretentious. But, like, that's a movie where Denzel, like, puts a bomb up a dude's ass and detonates it. And no. somehow, like, is able to make, like that a scene that you don't i mean we're laughing at it now because it's ridiculous on paper but like (laughs) it feels like the most kind of intense badass thing you could do in that movie um i don't know there there any other ones you kind of want to shout out before we move on to the little things um see i love all of his like even his like low lower tier i guess you say like critically lower tier yeah films like there was a point in my life where deja vu was my favorite movie i mean i might have been 10 I years just, old but i just rewatched it at, at, like absolutely uh, that's the fifth tony scott movie i didn't mention an absolutely like ludicrous movie but is really really fun <laughs> like i think i've seen that movie probably the most times of any denzel movie and credit that to either me coming home from school and it was on tnt or fx yes. or whatever channel but like that that movie, it's not one of the, his best. It's not probably it's probably below average. But like I love that movie. Yeah, I mean that's a classic. Like, may it's 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 pretty disposable, but it's really really fun to watch. <laughs> and then like as soon as you start thinking about it, like at uh jake tropola mentioned it on the the tenant podcast we did is him kind of being like that's kind of the movie he wished tenant was was just (laughs) like was that just unapologetically stupid and was just like but we have a movie star at the center and we're just gonna kind of like fly by the seat of our pants and not bother to like have you understand the science behind the time travel stuff yeah um exactly another perfect yeah, another one I, I I watched recently. I mentioned um Philadelphia. That was another one I like rewatched in the last year, and um that's one I feel like I saw it as a kid on TV, and the the thing that I just sort of remembered about it was Tom Hanks in that movie, and because that that wins Hanks his first Oscar, and had remembered Denzel was in it, but I just sort of primarily remembered it as a Tom Hanks movie, and was just like, oh, it's kind of this like. I don't know, sort of by the numbers kind of message movie Oscar bait, um, yeah. but had this like a uh, really incredible Tom Hanks performance in it. And actually like a much more interesting movie rewatching it last year during quarantine than I had remembered and kind of felt a similar thing as like, uh, I don't know, whenever I watch Rain Man, I'm like, Dustin Hoffman is good, but actually Tom Cruise has the harder part. And that's kind of how I feel about Philadelphia now. We're like, Tom Hanks is great in it, but Denzel, I think, has the much harder part in that movie and and kind of he has sort of the the arc and has to play this like very homophobic character that's has to sort of like chip away at his prejudice. Um, and there's parts of that movie that are very kind of like stuck in the 90s. But um, I don't know that that's one I would definitely recommend people check out is like I had I had kind of just sort of like dismissed it in the back of my mind for many years and was like oh this is actually like holds up much better than i had realized yeah i haven't Um, seen that movie in a very long time but well let's get to talking about um the little things i think 
let's first talk about Denzel and the little things. Um, Wait, do you fold your pizza though? Do I fold my pizza? Yeah. Of course. I mean, so you're from the East Coast. I mean, I was born in Florida, but I I grew up watching a lot of like just pop culture where people folded pizza. So I was like, that's what you do. I also just don't understand how people don't fold their pizza and like are able like I I don't I don't want flop if that makes any sense. I don't want my pizza flopping around. I don't know where where's this going. <laughs> so in, in the film, the little things, there's like a little throwaway scene of like, oh, he folds his pizza, and they're like, he must be from the East Coast, and they never come back to that. They never explore that, and I feel like that is just the definition of this movie, of just all these little breadcrumbs, and just never getting in depth about anything. It's funny you mentioned that because I did hear someone this morning um, <laughs> or I see someone this morning rather on Twitter kind of mentioned that this movie feels like an entire season of True Detective that's just kind of been shoved into two hours. <laughs> and they like were pointing out all this stuff of like, wait, there's all this stuff about like a church that all the cops go to and there keeps being these like this reoccurring motif of crosses. But then like none of that is explored <laughs> or anything like that. I was probably just like so distracted by the three central performances in this movie who all feel like they're in three totally different movies <laughs> and we're going to need to, I almost feel like we need to get Denzel out of the way before we just really try to explore what in God's name is going on with Rami Malek and Jared Leto in this movie. Cause I, I was just in a state of a mate. I was just like, what is going on? I, I don't understand that these, th this is like oil and water. Like none of this stuff is, is gelling together and none of these people are working together. I have no idea why Rami is there. I don't get him in this movie. <laughs> Well, but, let's 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 first talk about Denzel a little bit. Um, I I think as as always, I mean, we mentioned Den Denzel's pretty great in everything. Um, I would not say this is near the 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 pinnacle of what he can be as a movie star. Um, this is a very like restrained, very interior, very haunted Denzel Washington performance. So I think if you're going in this expecting to see, you know training day level denzel of just oh, no. sort of like oh, no. cocky fast talking energetic police cop um i don't know that you're totally gonna get it but i i I, th I thought he was effective for like what the role required it feels more kind of like a, a clint eastwood type role um which notable because i don't know how much you know about this project i was doing some research this morning and so this movie which is written by john lee hancock the script has kind of been floating around since the early 90s um hancock kind of wrote it around the same time as he did um a perfect world which is a pretty like underrated movie that clint eastwood made with um him and kevin coster if you've never seen it one of the more underrated movies from the 90s and uh since then hancock has kind of gone on to direct movies like the blind side or the rookie or saving mr banks these kind of like sort of vanilla sweet kind of st mid-budget studio movies yeah um 
although kind of having that in mind, it made sense that this movie, which is also set in the 90s, feels very much like it was written at that time when like movies like Silence of the Lambs and Seven were kind of big hits at the box office and that it a lot, Hollywood studios would have been hungry for like two detectives hunt down a serial killer. Um, that being said, oh, also just side weird note that you want, you know, some of the people who almost made this over the years. Who? Uh, so Steven Spielberg was originally going to make this. And then I think passed on it saying it was too dark. Then too dark. Uh, Clint Eastwood, I think was attached to it for a while. I assume he was going to play the Denzel Washington role. And oh, Danny so DeVito at one point Danny was also going to make this into him. Yes. You put Danny DeVito in either the Rami or the Leto part, and I'm in. I'm fucking, I'm all the way in. That would be the weirdest movie I've ever watched. <laughs> I kind of want to see Danny DeVito as his character from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in the Jared Leto part. That is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> That might actually be more effective than Jared Leto. In Whoa, this Jared movie. Leto is perfect in this movie, and I don't like Jared Leto. <laughs> okay, we'll 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 get to that. Certainly, an entertaining performance, even if I don't think it works. Um, he was the best part of this movie. <laughs> so, who do, who do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about Leto? Let's let's talk about Rami Malek first. So the the setup for this movie is basically like an old veteran cop, a young hotshot cop working together to solve a, a series of serial killer murders in Los Angeles. The older cop played by Denzel Washington, younger hotshot cop played by Rami Malek, Jared Leto playing the, I guess, chief suspect in the case. Um, what on earth is Rami Malek doing in this movie? I don't know. He's so like slow in his speaking his delivery his everything i mean i understand that's how he is but like just like the way he like shoots his eyes and slowly turns his head just like takes you out of everything like he it, it's go ahead. like he wanted to be in leto's part that's what i was thinking the whole time it, it, it this strikes me as like one of the more shockingly like miscast roles in recent movies and like i i feel like rami malik is an actor that gets a, a lot of flack from a lot of people i don't think all of it is totally deserved i've actually liked him and stuff i thought he was great on mr robot um i think he's great in movies like the master and short term 12 i even as much as i hate bohemian rhapsody and would have given that oscar to at least like three or four other people other yeah. than him like I did leave that movie thinking he was kind of the one fun part in that movie. Um, no, he's a great yeah, actor. I, I, I just yeah, think his mannerisms I, are just like what hinder him. This is kind of the role that like someone like Brad Pitt had in seven. Like, I feel like the dynamic between Malik's character and Denzel's character is very written, very similar to, the dynamic between the Brad Pitt character and the Morgan Freeman character in seven, where Morgan Freeman's character is like very haunted, very quiet, very stoic. And that works when it's bounced off against Brad Pitt's just like cocky hotshot kind of full of himself energy. And that's what I feel like this role is written as, 
but Malik is playing it so clinch jawed and so I don't know, it, it's so interior and they don't have very good chemistry together and they're so interior and so restrained that I you get none of that 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 chemistry that I think has to work for a movie like this. Yeah, but it's not just him, it's this entire movie is just very lack of substance, lack of in-depth like discussion, detail, like they, it's a very broad movie. So his acting being like that is not any different and I don't know if that's like on purpose if this movie is just going to be like supposed to be just a very basic like you said vanilla movie yeah i mean the first time he's introduced he's getting denzel's car towed because denzel's truck is like right in front of rami malik's car and he's trying to back out and just that first introduction of him i i just sort of like out loud was just like oh no was just like this is not going to work and like whatever choice Rami Malek has made for this movie is like all wrong and <laughs> he is just coming like it you mentioned it seems like he is playing what should be the Jared Leto part like I kept going through this entire movie thinking there has to be some sort of twist where like he's actually the killer or there's something else going wrong with that character and it's no, Rami Malek is just like playing this character very awkward and very like uptight in a way that it just it it feels off whenever he's on screen. If that makes any sense. Oh, that I doubt. I wrote down actually in my notes as like Rami's first scene. He was just starting his campaign for the most awkward dude of twenty one. <laughs> I I want to be- I want to believe in him that he can he can be good. I I actually think he's probably a pretty good choice for like the villain in the new James Bond movie that may come out someday question mark. <laughs> it feels like it's been delayed Eventually. like nine times. Yeah. But like that, that seems something there is, he can do this kind of like, I mean, that's what I think makes him so good in on Mr. Robot was this, this kind of, he can do a lot with a little and has such expressive eyes, but can play very kind of off kilter characters very well. Um, I don't know this, this just did not work. And I, I kind of think it's the worst performance in the movie. Oh, without a doubt. So let's have the Jared Leto conversation. Jared Leto is top tier in this film. Give him the what just now. like, off the rockers campy <laughs> performance like i have to i have to say the jared leto performance i think is straight bad but it is like a really entertaining kind of like this dude thinks he is in like a much much more much sillier much camp like he thinks he's in dracula i think this is what's That's going fine. on he's having the time of his life and his characters having the time of their life and i think it works uh, what are your th- feelings about Jared Leto as as a whole? Because I, I admittedly, I'm sure Jared Leto is probably a nice person in real life, or you know, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt there. I, I am not a fan of the Jared Leto movie experience, like especially in the last decade. Like I feel like him winning the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club set this precedent of like. He is our, our, like, 
next to the extreme method actor. Like, I feel like the story in every time he's in a movie is just like Jared Leto went crazy <laughs> doing this role. And it feels like he's always just pulling out all these like weird mannerisms out of his his like backpack or something. Like, I, I was not a fan of his Joker performance because well, it just seemed like a, a lot of just like weird choices that never made sense on screen. Um regardless of the behind the scenes behavior of just like sending you sending condoms to people and like poop or like what whatever he was doing was that true is this apparently it was apparently like i you and i were texting about this because you were like did you see the interview where denzel was like i didn't interact (laughs) with with leto on set and i was like 20 bucks that the reason that happened is because i i have heard that Viola Davis was the one person on the Suicide Squad set that was not charmed or was not like, whoa, he's going to the extreme when Jared Leto was like sending people weird stuff in the mail, like sending them dildos in the mail. And she was just like, he better not do this again. (laughs) (laughs) And I guarantee you, like her and Denzel seem like they're pretty close. They were just like having a nice dinner or a nice Zoom call. And Denzel was like, yeah, so I'm working with this Leto guy. And she's like, don't, don't let him pull any of that SHIT on you. <laughs> well, what is it? I think uh, Variety did like an interview with him and he just said that he's never met Denzel Washington. Like, is he that method? Who, Denzel or Leto? Leto. Leto said he's never met Denzel Washington. Despite be- being in a movie it's, with him. It's possible. I mean, based off some of the stuff or like... You know, I I don't know how much you remember from the Blade Runner sequel, but his like two scenes in that movie is just like it feels like <laughs> like there's just a scene of him in that movie where I'm pretty sure he the story is he like wore some special contacts to like actually make himself blind and there's like just a scene of him with Harrison Ford and it, it sounds like Leto is just like spouting nonsense. Is just like, I can rewrite the stars in the <laughs> eyes. And Harrison Ford's face is just like, what is this man doing? Yeah. Like that, that's, I, I don't know. I just like, you know, I'm not a fan of like very extreme acting and Leto's acting style just seems to be like, throw every prop every like weird methody tick at the audience and like boom i've got a character and so in this movie he's got like a prosthetic nose he's got what look he's got a beer gut that kind of looks like he just put a pillow up his shirt oh my god (laughs) and he's going around just saying stuff like like i was telling my girlfriend last night about the scene with him and malik um in the desert which maybe we can give a little spoiler warning in a bit to the ending if you want to talk about that but like when he's just got like malik out in the desert digging holes and he's just like oh poops a daisy made a poopy there (laughs) he got a don't got a treasure map he got to dig another hole and i'm just like what is going on he 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 was playing a villain he was he's still in joker mode but like a very like you know reserved Joker. 
but he's just torturing this one detective cop. Like, or, if, or if it comes out that he wasn't the killer, I would believe that 100%. <laughs> or I've just got, like, the image of him, like, just hanging out on the street with his Shirley Temple, like, waving at people. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Can I get a Shirley Temple to go? <laughs> what? Is it, this man's a monster, and he probably didn't kill anybody, and he's still a monster. Uh, it is, like I said, I don't think it is a good performance because it doesn't really gel with the rest of the movie. Oh, I think but it's perfect. It is, it is the most like off the wall, over the top kind of nonsensical thing I've seen in a movie in like the last couple of years, and it it is nevertheless kind of like entertaining to watch um do you want to talk about the ending to this movie please (laughs) okay so spoiler warning if you haven't seen the little things we will be talking about the the kind of twists of the little things um is there a twist there is no twist i mean you you kind of texted me this morning and was like the ending of that movie feels like a reverse seven like what if you (laughs) just had the ending to seven but then at the end, someone someone was like, "Oh shoot, guess he's not the guy," <laughs> or he might not be. I don't know. We'll never know. I think it seems pretty clear, but the movie has made it like very clear that he is not the guy. I think that last shot with the bird. Denzel and the um the kind of like uh, hair band um I I think that's supposed to be a, a clue to the audience that this is. It was never the guy, and the, these murders are probably just going to go unsolved, and these cops just had to cover up a murder of their own. Yeah, so I guess you, you mentioned it was like a twist that Denzel accidentally killed a victim because she popped out of the woods. After Which like feels like that that came out of nowhere. I don't, I don't. That's that's another one of those like subplots in this movie where like I had to rewind the movie because I was just like, wait, what just happened? Or yeah. what? What is the there? There's all this kind of like aura of suspicion when the Denzel character comes back to Los Angeles, and he clearly left under like shady circumstances, and there's something in his past that no one wants to talk about, but was clearly like bad enough that he had to kind of like leave and get a job somewhere else. Yeah. Um. And as we learn, it is because he kind of like went crazy while working on a case and accidentally shot a girl who i guess was just jogging through the woods in the middle of the night and then the police department covered it jogging. up i think she was hiding from the killer because she was wasn't she in her bra with in a skirt oh see i don't know i i i assumed i was like oh that's just like a you know a sports bra that you wear when you go running uh, or something. Maybe, I, I don't maybe. know there's a lot of people who are just like i'm gonna go for a jog at 2 30 in the morning in this movie and I'm like, yeah. what? Especially what like, is that? Like, they also like hinted at like the Night Stalker just ended recently. Like, yeah, one of the prolific Los Angeles serial killers, and people are just like, yeah, I'm jogging at two in the morning, no big deal. I'll see that's you another, tomorrow. That's another thing that um, I I, I kind of saw someone pinpoint today on Twitter um, about the movie. Of this clearly feels kind of uh, like it was written with that whole case kind of fresh in mind and that there are a lot of sort of allusions to that case in this movie but i i I guess that's not like 
so of like a, a lot of the kind of night stalker comparisons probably would have landed much harder if this movie had originally come out in the 90s like it was supposed to but now mm-hmm. that it's coming out in the 2020s like i i think i think a lot of people are going to be sort of like wait what wait that that was real huh and and some of that is the kind of like lost on on the audience a bit yeah i don't know i feel like the ending of this movie just maybe the message is that just police officers are incapable because two separate cases of them killing what probably is innocent people then covering it up yeah um interesting subject matter in this in this time and age was that was that what they're going for i've not heard anything like that but like that's i don't know covering up two murders that the police committed while trying to solve murders it's just very yeah convoluted i i can definitely sort of sense the um the think pieces surrounding that aspect of the movie that you know, another one of those things that probably would have played much different in the 90s than uh, it necessarily does in uh, <laughs> this day and age. I, that, that, that's kind of all I'll leave it there. Um, so, I don't know. Any last thoughts about the, the little things before we kind of give our verdict on whether or not people should check it out? I mean, the little things are what get you caught. <laughs> Yes, no, yes, my, they are. <laughs> my closing thoughts are just this movie lays the groundwork and the foundation for it to go in so many different directions, and like it could get very detailed and in depth. And in the end, it's just empty substance, and we're just hanging out in a car with Denzel Washington, which is cool. I'll hang out with Denzel doing nothing, but he kind of does more than nothing because we're Rami gets a lot of the camera time when we are doing nothing. Yeah, I think I I. I've been telling people for weeks, like, I was very excited for this movie, but I don't think I was expecting it to be, you know, I wasn't expecting anything great, but at the very least, I thought this was going to kind of nicely fit into kind of that third category of Denzel movie that we mentioned, and was just going to be like a kind of fun, trashy, like, late January crime movie, yeah. Um, and I don't even know if it fits in that. I mean, it's, it's, it's much more i think patiently paced and is much more i don't know i i feel like it's going after some loftier ambitions but doesn't gets nowhere near there um and i i don't know i i kind of wish this is a kind of movie that i know you and i are greatly in love with we love a good serial killer movie oh. but i don't i don't know i i kind of thought this movie was just a drag honestly and um really i think kind of hindered by the the kind of three performances at its center um neither which i think are like totally in sync and i think the movie lacks that kind of urgency that i think the best movies in this genre whether they are seven or whether they are silence of the lambs kind of have that kind of like ticking clock edge of your seat um aspect to them or or even sort of like a, a an obsession with sort of the procedural aspects of it like a, a zodiac would um but 
yeah, I, I, I would say this is kind of a, a, a big letdown for me. I, I did not think this this movie really worked at all. Um, but if you can find clips of whatever Jared Leto is doing on YouTube, that might be a, a pretty fun way to spend your afternoon. Oh, man, Jared Leto's so good in this movie. And that scene where uh, Denzel just interrogates him in the dialogue, just, God. That Old is the one writing. bit where the movie like became the kind of like trashy late January thing I was expecting it to be when Denzel just barges into that room and starts swearing at him. Um, yeah, I guess find yeah. that clip online. They should have leaned well, in harder into this movie. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree. I Nothing wrong with just like a pulpy genre movie. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you for stopping by this week to discuss uh, not just the career of Denzel Washington, but um, dive into the bizarre mess that is The Little Things. Mm-hmm.